have a Bible with you, turn with me, please, to the book of uh, 1 Corinthians this morning for a little while. And uh, we're going to look at some things, or I am, and uh, <laughs> I, I hope by the time we get through that you'll get a, a new perspective, a new understanding, a new look at what God is doing and what he has done and going to do, and you'll get a new look at yourself. In the scriptures, we're told that all scripture is given to us by God, inspired. It's given to us for a reason. We're to learn from it. From Genesis 1-1 all the way to the last verse in Revelation, it's put there for you and I to learn and glean from it. We can go all the way back and see something. We can bring the principle of it up today and really apply it today to, to where you and I live. And so that's what I want you to keep in mind this morning, that we're going to look at some things and apply the principle of that to, to, to our living, to our life, to help us out in a daily grind, a daily struggle that, uh, you notice I said struggle when it don't have to be. Amen. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I shall supply all your needs according to my glory in Christ Jesus. And, and you know, it's all there. If we just reach out and grab it, it's there. And so in, in the book of 1 Corinthians Jesus is teaching something. Now, I want you to remember, back in, in, in Scripture, he starts off, he says, now learn a parable. Amen? You remember in school when a teacher would look at you and say, now learn this. And some of us didn't learn it. And so later on in life, we look back at what we didn't learn and wished we had of. I may have told you before, but at the risk of repeating, I'm going to tell you again. I didn't get my high school diploma until I was 53 years old. What an idiot. And the ninth grade in high school, I knew everything about everything. You've heard those saying, hire a teenager while they know it all? Well, I knew everything about everything. Couldn't tell me nothing about nothing. And so I quit because I knew more than my teachers. Well, when I was 53, I decided I need something. I need that piece of paper. I need it for me. I don't need it for nobody but me. And so I endeavored to persevere. And in three weeks from the time I started, it was laying on my desk in my house. And what a joy. I still walk by and look at it and do the holy dance as I go by because it's a miracle when I see that. <laughs> I mean, you take a little old uh, uh, mountain country boy and, and do all that. No, God was in it all the time. Just took me a long time to get to where he wanted me to be to, to understand it. But God tells us, he says, I want you to learn a parable. And he tells a parable about a lost sheep. That a lot of times I'm afraid has been forgotten in the day and time we live in. He tells about he had a hundred sheep. And he had one, one little one that went astray. Had 99 good sheep. But had one little old sheep that decided he wanted to go over there. And so the sheep went that way. But what did he do? He left the 99. He left all of them over there. And he went hunting, calling for the little sheep until he finally found him. He didn't quit. He didn't quit. And a lot of times, folks, we give up on people today when we, we don't quit. We don't quit. We don't quit. We keep going till we find them. Amen. I've got family I wish somebody would find, and I'm sure you do too. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up. They're over there like the 99 and Jesus went and found him. What did he do? He went back and he rejoiced more over the one than all that didn't. 
And you know what the 99 did? They got mad because he loved the one and brought him back. Typical. He said, learn about the prodigal. The young boy told his daddy, he said, give me all, all my living. Give it to me. I want to go out and be my own man. Be my own boss. You're not telling me what to do no more. Mom and dad don't know anything. I know everything. And so he left and the Bible tells us he spent everything he had and pretty soon he wound up in the hog pen eating hog slop. I've eaten some places I thought was hog slop, but it wasn't. And, but the boy was there. But I want you to notice what God said. He came to himself. Can you ever, you ever got inside the prodigal's head? You should sometimes. I can imagine he's down there eating, eating the slop and what am I doing here? I used to eat steak and all that other stuff at my daddy's house. My daddy's got servants that are eating better than I am. I know what I'll do. I'll arise and I'll go to my father and I'll say, Father, I've sinned against you and I've sinned against heaven. Let me be as one of the servants. I don't have to be a son, just a servant. What did the father do? He never quit. He was looking. <laughs> and he seen him coming a long way off and he ran to meet him. Why? That's my boy. My boy's coming home. What would you do? Your boy was way out there and all of a sudden he's coming home. Would you run to meet him? In just a few minutes, about, about an hour from now, maybe a little more, there's going to be some people come in that door, come in that door, and maybe somebody's prodigal is going to come in that door this morning, and they've been praying, and they've been waiting, and they're sitting here, and their son or their daughter has come in, and they're, and they're hoping and they're praying, listen, we need to do everything that we possibly can through prayer to get them in here, amen. What if it was your son or your daughter? We would say, pray. And Jesus said, learn from this. And so we get to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 where we're going to look at real quick. And I want you to look at verse number 12 in chapter 12. Jesus said, for as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now that's a tongue tie. But if you can try to say that real fast and you'll never get through it. And so... He said something here that we read through us and many, many times we miss. He said, for as the body is one and hath many members and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. He's saying learn something. And he's drawing an allegory, if you will. He's saying, listen, the body has many members, but it's one body. He says, so is Christ. Now, there's a tremendous lesson right here to be learned, and we want to look at this lesson this morning, so be patient, please. I looked all over. <laughs> I have found out a lot of times, Brother Keith, I'm glad all of us are different. I'm glad I'm not like anybody in the world but me. Thank God for that. But anyway, I looked all over. I wanted to find a skeleton thing where I could reach in and pull out something to show you. You know, like you see in the doctor's office. Ah, don't look at me like that. You've done that. You go in the exam room and you look around at all the little things. And if they're going to work on your knee, you look, they got a picture of a knee. If they're going to work on you, whatever they're going to work on, they've got a picture there of that there so that you can look at it and see it. 
And don't tell me you've never got up and looked, walked over to the chart on the wall and looked at the chart and said, hmm, is that me? You know, all, all these little inner workings. Matter of fact, my granddaughter works at uh, uh, Roper St. Francis downtown. And I called her and I said, I, I need a chart. So she said she looked and all over the hospital and couldn't find one. I wanted to put a chart up here this morning so you could see the human body with all its inner workings and all its little things, you know. Because a visual of many times, you're going to forget 99% of what I said, but a visual you'll remember. Something about the mind, it imprints it. it you can, in, in a year, you can look back and you, can re, you won't remember what I said, but you'll remember the visual. Because this morning I seen the screen, I told my wife, I said, I don't know what you're going to do for the next 45 minutes, but I'm going to sit back and watch the movie. And I said, I seen the screen up there. And he said, we're a body. And so I got to thinking about that. And I realized, Jesus said, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Have you ever thought about that? You look at your hand and realize what your hand can do and imagine not having it. You see, folks, this thing that we call our body is a wonderful, wonderful piece of equipment. And it was designed to never wear out. God didn't design us to die. He designed us to exist and live forever originally. And so as I got to looking at this thing, I got to thinking about this, and I got to thinking about this thing where Jesus said, although there are many, there are one, and I got to looking. Now, he said, learn something, and if we'll study ourselves, we'll learn a whole lot about the church. And so, think with me, if you will, this morning. Many of us here have these things, amen? Thank God for the invention of glasses. I couldn't see nothing without them. Right now, I'm just guessing where you are anyway, because you're all a blur. You know, so you don't know. But you realize, I need these for a reason. These things are failing, Amen? At one time, they weren't failing, but they're failing now. I've got two members that's not working real good. Have you ever hit your finger with a hammer? Did it hurt? <laughs> I borrowed my wife's little hammer. I will put it back. This is hers. This is not mine. Mine is considerably bigger, but for, for size and carrying sake. Uh, but the pastor told me I could use Brother Keith, but he ain't going to let me. <laughs> he said, anything you need, you go see Brother Keith. He'll fix you right up. Now, several years ago, I was hammering on a wall. And my aim got just a little bit off. And I reared back and I popped that nail. I thought, but I hit the wrong nail. I hit this one. I split it from nail to the bottom knuckle. 17 stitches, I seen all the inner workings, and I thought, hmm, I didn't realize my finger had all that in there. <laughs> and for the first time, it opened up and let me see. And so I seen all that, and all that was because of one mislick with a hammer. One hit with a hammer did all that damage. Didn't take two, didn't take three, didn't take four, didn't take but one. And I got to thinking about that as the body is one and so are many, many members. How much damage has been done in the churches by somebody that said something they shouldn't have said, done something they shouldn't have done to somebody that's in the church and they ride back with a hammer and hit them and all of a sudden destroyed them. 
when the body hurts. Doesn't take but one lick. Doesn't take but one word. Doesn't take but one deed to destroy. Doesn't take a whole lot to kill somebody. And somebody has been praying all week long that their loved one would come in. And somebody comes in and says, I don't like the way you look. Well, I'm not crazy about the way I look either. So. Uh, but they make people that can fix that. A lot of plastic can help a lot of things, you know, and, and this and that and the other. One lick with a hammer split that finger. One word, one deed can split a life and bust a heart and destroy a dream. Jesus said, as the body is one, so also is Christ. Now, someone scratches you paint. He said, learn. Learn. Listen, folks, if we had learned that lesson, we've learned a tremendous lesson. He says that it has many members, so also is Christ. Now, you think a minute. You think of all what it takes for you and I even to be here this morning. I want you to look at what he said. He describes it very well. Look at verse number 14. For as the body is one member, but for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not of the hand, I'm not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. You see what it says? The body's having a conference with itself and uh, so the foot's talking to the hand you know you've heard it say no talk to, talk to the hand well the foot's talking to the hand and because I'm not the hand it says I'm not part of you no more and I'm leaving get back in and he says but but I'm not the hand I, I can't hang around I got to go How many times is it in our churches has people said, well, I can't do this, I won't, and I'm leaving. And they go out the door and they never come back. Simply because they think they should be a foot or a hand. Jesus said in verse 16, and if the ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not of the body, it is therefore not of the body. You got to get this. The ear is talking to the eye. I'm not an eye, so I'm not part of the body. I'm leaving, and I ain't coming back. Nobody loves me. Everybody hates me. I think I'll go eat worms. And so I'm leaving. I'm mad at the church. I'm mad at all you people, and I'm leaving. Why? I'm not the eye. I'm the ear, and I want to be the eye. You can't be the eye. I got two already. Don't need three. And Jesus said, because he's not that, he wants to leave. Look at verse 18. But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it has pleased him. God made this body as it pleased him. Amen? God gave me two feet. There's a reason I got two feet. There's a reason I don't have three. Now listen, I have proposed Something to poo, Purdue chickens. If they can come up with a way 
to give a chicken six legs instead of two. I could go for that. Take the wings away, or, or, but, but give him six legs. If you've never had a chicken leg sandwich, you're not leaving. Living. Listen, there's nothing like taking a chicken leg and throwing it on a slice of bread. You got a chicken leg sandwich. Put it on top of your head, your tongue, slap your brains out. It's amazing. And a sick-legged chicken. Oh, what could the colonel do with that? Have you never went in a place and ordered chicken and said, all legs? I do all the time. They look at me like I'm an idiot. Just legs. Just make me a chicken with legs. Nothing else, just legs. And I was young, was neck bones and rice, and now I learned that. So it's it, you know, it's it's, uh, it's amazing. But Jesus said He set the body in. A while back, I had a problem I didn't know about. I thought I was perfect health. Well, I, I went to have a uh, EKG, EEG, one of them G's done, and, and the doctor that looked at it, he had been my doctor for years anyway. He's he seen something I couldn't see. Of course, I knew everything, but I didn't know as much as him. And he seen something, so he sent me for an uh, echocardiogram where they put the grease on you, take pictures, you know. And the lady's in there, and she's doing all this stuff. And I look at her, and I said, you don't have a real good poker face. What's the problem? She looked at me, and she wouldn't tell me nothing. I said, listen, we don't have to worry about the secrecy law. This is me. Tell me what's the problem. She didn't. She called the heart doctor in. He came in and said, have you ever had a heart attack? I said, not that I know of. I've given a few, but I don't think I've ever had one. And uh, he, uh, he looked at me and he said, hmm. So he told her, he said, don't put him on that treadmill, you'll kill him. And so he said, we're going to put some stents in. So I went to a Memorial Mission Hospital, going to put some two stents in. Everything will be fine. They're going to put it in there, inject it, blow it out in the veins. Everything will be cool. I remember talking to my wife. She kissed me goodbye uh, or see you later. I want that goodbye word. Yeah, yeah. She anyway, she kissed me, and so they took me off. Now, she'll have to tell you the story after this because I, I was put under. But anyway, she told me, and it's a lie she told it. So uh, she said that they came and told her they went to put the stents in, and the doctor told her I was dying. And so they did a quadruple bypass. And when I woke up, <laughs> I woke up. I didn't come back as I went in. Bothered me. You ain't the same. I come out, I had a needle in my neck big enough to kill a horse. I'll never forget that. I thought, what is the, what is, but I do remember this. I remember waking up and I had, somebody had to hold my arm and that did not make me happy. And I threw them off and I said, don't hold me down. And uh, anyway, I think about 15 minutes later, I remember I looked up and my wife was over me and I said, I've been a bad boy. <laughs> and apparently I had been. And, uh, but anyhow, when I got in the room, I had a, my chest didn't look the same no more. It was cut wide open. Come to find out, they had opened me up and he had looked inside of me. <laughs> I'd never done that, but he did. He held my heart in his hand. And they went in my leg, and, and I didn't know they could do that. And they took something out of my leg, put it in my chest. And he said they harvested a vein off the chest wall. Didn't know they could do that, but they can. Went in and took a vein off my chest wall and, and did all this stuff while I was in there. And, and why? Because... Part of the body was not functioning like it was supposed to. Something was wrong. It was not functioning. Listen, folks, in the church, when the body doesn't function as it's supposed to, something goes wrong, something goes bad, and it has to be fixed and taken care of. Jesus said, as the body is one and has many members, 
so also is Christ. There's many members in the church, and I don't know them all, do you? I wish I did. You see, folks, when, when a church starts to grow and blossom and God blesses, people comes in that we may never know. But they're a member over there. You see, my toe has never met the back of my head, but it knows it's there. I tried to show it to it one time, but I wasn't that flexible. That's like a, a guy told me, he does stretches at night. He had problems, and I said, so you wrestle yourself at night. He said, yeah. I said, well, have you ever pinned yourself? He said, a couple times I've tapped out. Because he brought a, he brought a, brings a mat with him, he lays down, and, and, and his father works with him. He said, at night, you ought to hear him over there. Uh, 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 uh. I give. I said, I said, well, video, and we'll put it on YouTube. We'll have a ball. But the body, listen, the body, it's got things in there that we've never seen, we never dreamed about. But it's there and it works. Have you ever traced a drop of blood from the time it leaves till it goes and it comes back and it just keeps going round and around and around? It's amazing what one drop of blood will do. It's amazing how stupid our forefathers were. You know, they used to think they could fix you by what's called bloodletting. If you were sick, they'd cut you and let you bleed a while. That'd fix you right up. It sure would. Pretty soon you'd be in heaven. You don't have to worry about nothing. Uh, you know, that's, they say that. I heard that's the way George died. Not Bush, but W. Washington. Why? He was sick. I thought it was them wooden teeth he had, but it must not have been. But as the body is one, listen, there's things in there that goes on that you and I don't know anything about, but it's got to function. If it don't function, I'm in trouble, amen? These people in here this morning, the, the body that you're sitting in right now, some parts of it are not functioning, is not functioning. Somebody help me out. It is not functioning the way it should be. It's not working. Eyes, ears, something's going wrong. And it's not working the way it was, that God designed it to do. So you've got to get it fixed. Now, with this body in mind, I want you to think about the church with me for a few minutes this morning. Jesus said, as the body is, so is the church. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I am so jealous of Keith, I can't stand. Hey, lay it out. Don't lie about it. God knows it. Every time he gets up, I say, Lord, I have never seen two brothers that could sing. Can't can preach and sing. Look how God has blessed him. Why you like him better than me? He can sing. He can preach. And Keith gets up and, and leads and sings so beautifully. And I say, God, You never ask him about it. You see, because I want to sing. You can ask my daughter. We used to go to the grocery store. Everywhere we went, she'd say, Daddy, why do you sing? I'd say, I'm practicing. <laughs> you need it. And so, uh, yes, I do. I sing on a hill far away. I have no problem with that. And so she'd say, why do you sing? And I'd say, because I want to sing. <laughs> I didn't want to tell her that. I'm practicing because they won't let me sing at church. Fact. Brother Keith, I was in the choir in my younger days. And we had microphones and, and they were hanging down. My pastor, God bless his heart, 
I'm still mad at him over it. He came to the choir, Brother Keith, took me from underneath the microphone and moved me <laughs> over here. Didn't he? And I looked at him. He said, he whispered, he said, the next place he's in the pew. Hint, hint, you can't sing. <laughs> you know this joyful noise mess? That's good home in the shower. Amen. <laughs> I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize all I was making was a joyful noise. And having a ball, nobody else was having a ball, but I was having me a time. And I finally realized, God, you didn't call me to sing. Only mistake you ever made, I think. And, and so I've told him, when I get to heaven, I want a high tenor voice. I've heard them high tenors sing. And I'd just get up, walk out the door, and go get water. I'm mad. They can sing and I can't. God has set them in the church as he put them. As pleases him, not as pleases me. You ever just sit and listen to her play? Our ladies in here that play. And thank God, God has sent us a lady that plays the organ, plays a piano, and has bling. Wasn't she beautiful walking down the aisle? Miss Barbara, I used to play by ear, but they got to hurting and I quit. So, <laughs> I told my wife, I said, I used to sing on the radio. My mother caught me and made me get off. I mean, come on. Yo, I, Lord, I want to play. And I hear them play, and, and I go to heavenly places when they play. And I think, what a joy it would be. I would buy me a, a baby grand piano. I would sit it in my living room. I would sit on it, and I'd never leave. I would be a permanent fixture in my Why? But you see, God has set them in the church has pleased Him. Not everybody can play. God don't want everybody to play. God has set us where He wants us to be in the church, but so many times folks don't realize where God has put them and then they rebel against where God wants them. Let me say this. There are no small jobs in the church. Let me say that again. There's no small jobs in the church. They're all big. When you come back tonight, you notice I said, when you come back tonight for the night service, you'll notice the floor has been vacuumed. There's no trash. The bathrooms are clean. The hallways are clean. The pews are clean. Well, that just happened. Somebody wiggled their nose and all that just happened. You didn't see who was here. But somebody said, God, I can't sing. God, I can't preach. God, I can't play the piano, but I can pick up some paper. I can push a vacuum cleaner. I can clean out a pew. God set them in order the way he wants them. You see, not everybody can pick up trash. Bless God. I ain't picking that up. I didn't put it down there, and I ain't picking it up. Amen? I didn't make that mess. 
How can people do that? Well, you know what God is saying? Well, just go by and pick it up and nobody will know it's there. Amen? Nobody will ever know anything. If you've ever been to a conference, me and my wife has, I'm, these fellas have, we'd go to a place and everybody would come in for the conference, for, for their session, and I couldn't see what's going on through the doors. But while we were in session, it looked like an army of ants. They were cleaning bathrooms. There was mopping floors. It was, while we were in conference, they were out there cleaning and fixing and, and making everything pretty again that we had messed up trying to get in. Listen, folks, God has set people in order the way he wants them, not the way we want. God said, look at the ant. You ever looked at an ant without, before he matched him? Oh, come on now. <laughs> There's an ant on my counter. Yesterday, my wife committed murder. Yes, she did. I'm still ashamed of her. Hey, I'm preaching this. You can pray. Outside of my patio door lived a beautiful green chameleon. Until he got on the banister, didn't become a beautiful brown chameleon. He'd get up on the blinds, he'd become a beautiful, almost grayish chameleon. My wife texted me and said, I couldn't get the door closed, so I slammed it, slammed it, slammed it. She sent me a picture. I looked at it. I said, um, what is that? Then she called me. She couldn't wait. She said, I got him. I said, what do you mean you got him? She said, he was in the door and the door wasn't closed. And I didn't know he was there. And she smushed and smushed and smushed. And lizard blood all over the thing. I got home last night. She said, look on the table. I got something for you. Outside table. I look. There's what's left of the chameleon in a bag. Prep for burial. <laughs> I looked at it and I said, why didn't you kill him? <laughs> because I could. She's scared to death of him. If I ever want to run her all over the place, I just show her a chameleon and she leaves. It's like showing somebody a rattlesnake. Show her that, she's gone. Even on TV, believe it or not. Ooh. I said, he can't get to you. He might. He might. Listen. God has put people where he wants them, not where we want them. God said, consider the ant. You know, he's always busy. And you know, he's not a bit selfish. You ever notice one little ant crawling along and he finds something? Well, does he try to eat it all? No. He goes back and tells the whole crowd, blabber mouth. He goes back and tells all of them, hey, y'all, I found something down here. Come on, let's enjoy. And next thing you know, there's 10 million come. The other day, I was eating a potted meat sandwich. I love potted meat. That's something I shouldn't be eating, but I like it. So, and uh, a lot of people don't. I like potted meat. You know, anyhow. And so I saved some in the can. And I'm not, I told you I'm not real bright. God's still working on me. And I set it out in the dirt. 
in the grass, I know what's going to happen. But I wanted to watch it. One little ant found it. And he went back and told the rest of them. 45 minutes later, that can was clean as a whistle. It looked like 10 million came and visited that can, the smorgasbord there, you know, and they got out, and whenever they left, there was nothing. I said, hmm. God said, consider the ant. Why did he say that? When the ant finds something, he shares it, amen. When he finds something good, he shares it. When he finds something that he can eat, he shares it. Well, let me bring this down to where we live. Uh, do you like hearing Brother Jim preach? Yeah. Well, you know what God's saying? Consider the ant and go tell somebody so they can come back and hear him preach and get fed. Amen. Don't keep it to yourself. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Tell somebody. Because the ant goes back. And you know what? He didn't go in. I can see him right now going in the hole and say, Hey, you guys, uh, check me out. I found something good down the road, but I ain't telling you where it's at. We had a time Sunday morning. You ought to have heard the singing. They almost turned the drummer loose. Not yet, but they're going to. And we had a time down there. Well, where were you at? I can't remember the name of it. Well, who was a pastor? Don't have a clue, but we had a time. Listen, the ant went back and told everybody back there in the ant hole about the bread that he had found over here, and all of them came and ate. Good night, tell somebody. Share what God has done. Share the blessing that you got. Instead of saying, that's so good, I'm going to keep it to myself. It's like a popsicle. You want to lick? It's good. No? Well. When the ant looks and he goes to pick up something that's too heavy for him, what does he do? He gets mad and quits. Don't he? I'm not going to pick that up. Let somebody else do it. God didn't call me to pick that up and carry it by myself. I'm leaving. I'm mad. I'm going. I ain't never going back again. What does he do? Another ant sees him. And he goes and helps him. And they can't pick it up. And here comes another one. Pretty soon, you ever seen a thousand ants dragging a grasshopper? They'll drag it over, up, under, around, through, until they get it where they're taking it. God said, consider the ant and look at the church. Listen. Listen, folks, whenever something's going on and it's too big for one person, somebody else needs to come in and say, listen, I'll help you carry that load. I'll help you. We'll drag it. We'll push it. We'll pull it. Whatever it takes to get it done, we'll do it. Amen? No, it's not my job. I'm not doing that. <laughs> I've heard that through the working profession all my life. That ain't my job. There's something that's like sandpaper that rubs you. Told a fellow one day, he said, that ain't my job. It's what is your job? 
And I told him, I said, I have a good job for you. What's that? I said, it's called counting insulators. It's what? I said, it's counting insulators. Y'all remember back when trains, whenever they had all the little insulators on the phone line, you know, it's going down, well, you walk down the sidewalk and you count insulators. One, two, three, which means, simply means you don't work here no more. You don't have a job. Count insulators. See if you can do that. If this ain't your job, do that. I don't need somebody that can't. I need somebody that's willing to do. And God is saying, listen, listen, I need somebody that's willing to come over here and pick up part of the load and help carry part of the load. He said, consider the ant. Why? Because the body having many members is one. Well, this is too heavy for this member. Well, another member can go help pick up the load and help him carry it. You ever notice when one person can't carry something and four more come to get it, how light it gets? I'm going to tell you right now, as good as Brother Keith sing, he couldn't sing every song, every service, every week, week in, week out, month in, month out, all by himself. Somebody's got to help carry the load. Now, have you ever noticed when Brother Keith's not here, does everything stop? We've got a lady in here that sits and she picks up the load and carries it. How many times have we went and said thank you for carrying the load? Thank you for helping. He wasn't here, but you picked it up and carried it. It didn't drop. It didn't quit. It went on. Why? Somebody that God had put in a position, had put in a place as it pleased him, was able to come over and pick it up and carry the load. Bless God, I couldn't have done it. I can't carry too much. Let's set it down anywhere. But she can. And Miss Cecilia can. God said, consider. Consider. Look at the body and learn. Now, pastor said I can use key. Everybody knows what these are. Oh, oh, oh man, these will be thrown in the trash, ain't they, fellas? Forget it. But um, <laughs> if Keith will put his finger right there, Dream on, dreamer. <laughs> if Keith will put his finger right there and let me go like this, you'll watch the holy dance. You will. I can see him now. You never done the holy dance? I'll pick you up in a minute. How many of you here ever stubbed your toe or dropped something on it? Yeah. What did you do? Well, bless your heart, you just got mashed. Uh, uh, soon you'll be purple and blue and, and all them kind of colors. You'll be so beautiful. Rainbow colors. Is that what you did? No, you said, oh, oh, oh. Your whole body felt sorry for your toe, amen? Why, wow, everything knew your toe was hurting. And so you're trying to help it. You grab it and you hold it and you love it and you stroke it and you touch it and you say, oh, poor toe, poor toe, poor toe. And you look down at it and 
Sure enough, three or four days, it's purple and red and pink, all them colors it ain't supposed to be. You ever walked around at night and hit your shin on something? On the bed, on the corner of the thing, you know, sit down. And my wife did the other night. She'd come and said, oh, I dark. I said, what'd you do? What's that thing called at the foot of the bed during that you? Anyway, you sit on it, take your shoes off. Anyhow, she run into it. I said, you found it, didn't you? She said, I was a lot of help. She said, yes. And uh, so in about two days, all nice and blue and pink and purple and whatnot, you know, things it's not supposed to be. But the rest of her body had empathy for that place. Jesus said, when one member suffered, we should all suffer. Amen. When one rejoice, we all rejoice. What's he talking about? There's folks in churches that carry these religiously. They really do. Because their concern is hurting and cutting and maiming the body. Brother Keith put his finger in there and I do that right there. That finger's gone. And people do it religiously. Why? Why would we hurt someone on purpose? Why would we intentionally cut a member? Why would we do that? You know, we're told about this body of ours, this little thing in our mouth that goes flap, 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 flap all the time. Some of it never stops. It just continually... Jesus said it's a world of iniquity. It's set on the fires of hell. The tongue's a little member, but it's unruly. How many people have been murdered with a little thing in people's mouth? And they're cut for people. You see, this little member in our mouth should be used to bless and not curse. <laughs> I love to hear you sing. When he sung, boy, are you talking about a blessing? You know why? Jerry didn't sing. I mean, he sung in the choir and he sung with old folks. Uh, I'm one of them, so I can say that. <laughs> I resemble that remark. <laughs> How many of you love to hear Brother Drew sing? Was it not beautiful? Man, I sat back there in my seat and I just rejoiced and I rejoiced and I rejoiced. A lot of our folks in here that sing that I can't name, and God help me with my memory because my life said my short-term memory is gone. I could have told her that, but anyway, it is. But whenever they get up to sing, and they do so great, they're not used to doing that. They're used to other people doing it. And all of a sudden, God impresses upon their heart. And they go to Brother Keith and he said, yeah, go for it, do it. And then we get the blessing. We get edified. We get strengthened. Why? Because Brother Jerry got up and sung, well, we do the holy dance. We'll run the holy race. Why? 
Because that's the effect that it has on us. Why would I go to Brother Jerry and say, you can't sing for nothing. You ought to just quit. Why would I cut him to the bone like that? Why would I hurt him and him never get up and sing again? Never sing again. He would become in, would it go come within himself and never say another word, never get up in front again. You see, some folks just cut and cut and cut and cut and cut. God says the body's one, so is he. We're to build up. We're not to tear down. Let me ask you this morning. This age group that's in here, I'm sure someplace way back in time, you have been cut at some point and hurt at some point. And in your mind and in your heart of hearts, you're thinking, this ain't worth it. I'm not going back. But then, Brother Keith, somebody comes along I love all these steps on this thing. My brother's fixing to go and have surgery and get his shoulder rebuilt. Not my shoulder. Well, it's part of the body. It is my shoulder. He's part of me. I'm part of him. And we're praying that everything will be fine, brother. We know what it's going to be. We're in God's hands. And listen, when we know something, we need to go to God about it. I can't go to God if I don't know it. How many times is there folks in the church that's going through a trial and a tribulation that they just need an encouraging word? They just need somebody to go up and say, listen, I'm praying for you. I don't need to know what you're going through. I don't need to know. God knows. But I do want you to know one thing. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I don't know what you're going through, but listen, you have my prayers. Why? They're a part of the body. When one part of the body hurts, the other part of the body rushes to its aid. Amen? You ever got hit in the eye with something? What happens when you get hit in the eye? First thing you do is blink, right? Then the tears come, right? And you start blinking, blinking. Then your hand, you don't want to, but you do it. The hand goes up. Why? Your hand wants to help your eye. Because it's hurting. There's people in our church, ladies and gentlemen, that are hurting. A lot of it's on the prayer list that's in the bulletin. And while you're sitting at home, go down the list and pray for each one. Send them a card. I'm thinking of you. Praying for you. If you're here this morning and you're hurting, I learned a long time ago, I'm not going to tell Keith. I may say, pray for me, pray for my wife, but I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell on you. But I told the fellow one time, what are you going to do about it? I said, I'm going to tell on you. He said, who are you going to tell? I'm going to tell Keith. I'm going to tell the one that can help. I'm going to tell the one that knows how to help. I'm going to tell the one that's got 24-hour-a-day visitation rights, and I don't. 
He does. I'm going to tell Jesus all about it. I'm going to tell him all about my sorrows, all about my sadness, all about everything. Bring everything to him. Isn't that what he said? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. Oh, what a privilege to come to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Simply because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. What is everything? Define it. Everything. You see, I learned something even this morning when I was standing in the, in the foyer talking about one of our brothers, the recording angel, wrote down four more hairs that were gone. Yeah, what a tragedy. Listen, when you're like me, this is becoming my face. It's a tragedy. I used to have hair. I promise I did. I have pictures. Didn't I, sweetheart? You better say, yeah. I, and I had lots of them, but over time, the recording angel said, I wish you would quit. My hand's getting tired. Oh, the hairs are, are leaving, and the angel is writing them all down. One, two, three, four. I, I can't get, but there's so many going to have to take your shoes off, you know, get past ten. Uh, you know, and, and so... If God records the number of hairs on our head or lack of them, how much more does he record and take care of me when I need it? If he's that concerned about a hair, how much more concerned is he about everything else? Listen. We're the body. Part of the body's hurt. Part of the body needs a touch. I'm going to ask you to stand and listen. <laughs>